0: Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. This is part two of our best of 2021 episode. In this part, we are gonna be counting down numbers five to one of our favorite songs, television shows, movies. This is a really fun conversation. I do wanna warn you, we do spoil the season finale of Lucifer, so just a little bit of a heads up on that as well. Um, And then we also are going to be doing a special little segment, giving a shout-out to one of our favorite filmmakers and favorite human beings, Mr. Josh Rubin. So thank you so much. And also, I want to say, I know this has been a very, very trying and difficult year, so I really hope that we have been able to bring some joy and some light into your life. And I'm wishing everybody a happy and safe new year. And I really hope 2022 is a little bit brighter and a little bit more hopeful because we need a break. So thank you so much again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. So now we're going to go on to the second half of our best of 2021 and start with our number fives here. So, Carla. Okay.
2: In my number fives, okay, I'm going to – I'm just going to – Dive in with Squid Game, because that is the best show that I will never, ever, ever watch again, ever, ever again in my life. It is spectacular. It is moving and just has so much unexpected everything, but it's also like really gory and it's, there are some twists in it that are heartbreaking or infuriating And it's just, it's one of the best shows I've ever watched, but I can never watch it again because it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. I do love it though. And for anybody who has like a tolerance for that kind of material, absolutely go watch it. You know, if you watch nothing else that I've recommended, definitely watch Squid Game. And I needed to immediately follow that up with Superstore because uh, it's just like one of Damn my favorite Carla. shows. Ah uh, you'll be fine. Um, it, it's just one of my favorite shows.
0: <laughs> really fine <laughs> in
2: general but after watching Squid game I really needed something especially sweet and funny and superstar has all of that. It, it ended this year and I was so sad that it that it ended but at the same time it ended in a really good place. And I'm glad that it went out the way that, that it did, because I, I really think that if they had tried to drag it out longer, I would have lost what made it so special. But yeah, I I really needed a heavy dose of Superstore after I hadn't watched Squid Game, because oh my god. And then the third thing that I'll mention for my number fives is um, Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. It's a great song. It's, you can listen to that on repeat forever. It's, So catchy, so good, and also the video is fantastic. But also, you know, the fact that he's out there being an openly gay rapper and he's not trying to hide anything of who he is—it's so. On the one hand, it's it—it's really sad that it's like in the twenty twenties and just now this is a possibility, but at the same time, um, I, I if it was gonna start at any, at any point and it had to be now, then he's definitely taking up the mantle perfectly. He, and his performance also of the song on, I forget what, what award show was, I was all about it. I was like, yes, it was so good. I was like, just, you know, just do your thing, it, it, because it's not a thing of like shoving anything in, in anybody's face. It's just he's out there performing, the same way so many celebrities have performed for a bazillion years without anybody batting an eye, and he's unapologetic about it. And I am so excited for that.
0: And Aaron, your fives. Okay, so
1: Carla, I reminded me of of one of my list that doesn't really fit into anywhere so i'm just gonna go for it right now of the series finales that happened this year that i really really enjoyed and i've come to learn that i cannot watch a series finale without crying it just like (laughs) it's over and it's sad even if it's the best ending so yes the superstore finale the lucifer finale i'm gonna make everybody sad right now right also um winona earp also and Kim's Convenience, for some reason, was just really, really, really heartbreaking for me. I love that show so much. I think that was a fantastic show that didn't... It caught on too late. I think it was much like The Good Place that people discovered it way too late. But it's one of my favorite shows uh, on TV. And um, yeah, so shout out to the excellent finales that happened this year, I guess. We'll go with that.
0: Awesome. And we did an episode on Superstore too. I forgot to mention that. That's one of our most popular episodes of the year. So go listen so to that amazing. and also watch our live stream. I know Meg is upset she wasn't on there. We missed you. But yeah, it was I have a
3: fun. lot of feelings about Superstore. I yeah, think it's it amazing. I've been guess, re-watching so, it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just re-watched it. Actually, I just did a whole run of rewatching it as one of my end of the... It's become... Um, I have a thing of end of the night shows that I watch to mm-hmm. kind of and that's become part of my rotation. It was just The Office and Parks and Rec. But now it's like The Office, Parks and Rec, The Good Place, Superstore, mm-hmm. Friends is still in there too, and then yeah, Shit's Creek. So, yeah, so all those. So. Yeah. so, Meg, what is your number five? Well,
3: I mean, Superstore was going to be a bit higher up because I think the series finale they did this year was just so good. Mm-hmm. I like it was just, and especially coming off of the just a, Not too long after the Supernatural series finale, which was just awful. And I feel like so many shows... But so many shows have just really kind of screwed the pooch on their series finale. And Superstore, I feel like, just did such a good job of giving us an idea of where all of the characters are. Not like in the immediate future, but where we can see them in like the not distant but semi-distant future. Park and Rec did a really good job of doing that and Six Feet Under did an amazing job of it. Like six Fe- Six Feet Under is kind of credited having credited to having one of the best series finales ever because of that. And I feel like Superstore followed that framework really, really well. So I'm gonna put that in there for my number fives. I would put it higher but Aaron talked about it, so now I have to. <laughs> Shut up, Carla. Also Lucifer's, so also, Lucifer's final season, I think, was just fantastic. And another fan, another great series finale that, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I thought the last season was the end of it when Lucifer was like, I'm God," And that was it. And then I found out they were doing another season. I was really, really excited, so... I'm just going to throw Lucifer's final season out there because it was so good. And I'm pretty sure I did not get to talk about it on your podcast. Cause I couldn't make it.
0: Yeah. You couldn't make it. Yeah, um, that, That's our yeah. bone. That's a bonus episode. Only Patreon.
3: That's so nice. bust out your, bust out your Patreon and listen to people who are not me talk about the show, but it was beautiful and it was wonderful. And I love how they ended. I love that. <laughs> Chloe didn't go down to hell. And, like, throw her spoilers. whole life away.
0: Spoilers.
3: Spoilers. Oh, my God. It's been almost <laughs> a year. I feel like.
2: Spoilers.
3: I'm just putting that out there so people don't want to know. So, spoilers. <laughs> Chloe lived a life and then met Lucifer and Helen, helped him rehabilitate souls. And I thought that was wonderful. And then my last one for my number fives is Maid. It's a show on Netflix and it's about a woman who leaves her abusive partner and deals with homelessness with her daughter and trying to escape a life of abuse from her, from her partner and dealing with a mentally ill mother who's dealing with bipolar issues and becoming a house cleaner to kind of survive It's based on a memoir called Made, Hard Work, Low Pay, and a Mother's Will to Survive by Stephanie Lanz. It's so good and it's really, really heartbreaking. And at times I get a lot of secondhand embarrassment from it. Not because any of the characters are embarrassing, but just because envisioning myself in that same scenario is really, really difficult but it's it's a it's a
0: brilliant
3: limited series drama on netflix called made
0: so for my number five i'm just gonna mention two movies um that i've mentioned before on here the first one is king richard so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna mention that was like my birthday movie that was the movie i went and saw in the theater i know it's also it was also on hbo max at the same time but i went and saw it in the theater and i'm shouting it out mainly for um will smith's performance Will Smith was so, so good in this. And this is about Venus and Serena Williams. But it also mainly focuses on on their dad, Richard Williams, so played by Will Smith. And he's so, so flippin' good. So good in this movie. Uh, so I really highly recommend it for that. I have a feeling he will be nominated for an Academy Award for this, for sure. So I just think it's, it's also a nice movie to see with seeing a dad who really truly was like so in corner of his daughters um all his daughters but it was it's just it's a really really good movie and i used to love tennis so it was really cool watching the tennis matches as well so i recommend that one and then the other movie i'm going to recommend and i talked about it on last week is last week's episode christmas one is zola the movie zola um, about the infamous tweet thread of course, but it's also, it's just a really well done movie. I think, I think it's a ton of fun. I believe it's on Showtime. I know it's, I watched it through Hulu and I believe it was through Showtime. So go check that one out. And Coleman Domingo, once again, I'm going to sing his praises because he was so flipping fantastic. That man, there is nothing that man can't do. He is amazing, amazing, amazing. Put him in everything and I will be happy. I love, love him. He is such an amazing actor. Okay, so we are on number four. Can you believe it? Can you believe we are there? I cannot. Carla, what are your number fours?
2: Okay, I'm going to reiterate the last season of Lucifer. It was really good. And I just really enjoyed like the, the last couple of episodes, especially. There were, there were some things about it that didn't really do it for me, but I, I, I did like... The I, I'm trying to like See this without just starting in, into the whole Thing because there's a whole episode About that but it's Become a Patreon I, I, I liked, supporter
0: and listen to it today
2: Yes but I really Liked a lot of Just the, the family love That was in the, the Show all of Lucifer's Goodbyes were so Poignant and, and so mm-hmm. lovely especially the, the goodbye with Maze was just oh but yes, it was one of the 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 great whatever season endings. Yes, there you go. Um Judas and the Black Messiah, it was such a good movie. Fred Hampton is somebody that, that I, I think is just glossed over, if mentioned at all, in US education, particularly if you go to to schools that don't have much of a black faculty or or black student body. So this film is really there's a lot that that it like most of these films do they they veer away from the facts um, like for example the fact that that he was 21 and he was played by Daniel Kaluuya who, who did a fantastic job but it's definitely not 21 um, <laughs> but it, it's just it, it's a great movie and I I was really I was really blown away with the performances.
0: See, I was I see with that one I struggled because I was like, well, because it was nominated for everything for the 20. 20- Twenty Oscars. That's why I didn't include it on my list. But I do uh, want to say I do. I do segment, and you'll listen to our episode. Carla and I did. Mm-hmm. It's just Carla and I, but it's. I think it's a really great discussion about that movie. So
2: yeah, sorry. And I, I put, put it there. in in my list because like that's yeah. when I paid attention to it. Was in twenty twenty one. So I'm
0: like, all right, okay. I, I know. I was very conflicted about that one.
2: <laughs> and in books, I read this book. Spoiler alert. Megan and I both read it for a um a podcast episode with obstinate headstrong girls it's like, so cute it's such a cute book it's fluffy and romantic um it's sexy it's so sexy it is so sexy and the protagonist is not a stick figure she's not you know what um what I think a lot of main uh, of 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 people want us to believe a woman should look like she's ha- happy and contented, and she self identifies as fat and she's happy in her life. And this book is just an absolute delight. Mm-hmm. It's just romance and love and happy and not happy, but then also more happy and then sex and lots of sex and lots of sex and lots of sex. And
3: a lot of really fun fandom convention yes. and big stuff that if you're like in that realm is really, really kind yeah.
2: relatable. And that, that's part of why we wanted to, to read the book at all is because, you know, all of the, the con stuff and all of the fandom stuff is just in our wheelhouse. so yes that'll be our knockoff podcast that's (laughs) a fandom (laughs) stuff
0: (laughs) Uh, so Aaron, you're for
1: I'm gonna go with a show that I'm still currently watching I haven't uh, gotten to uh, caught up to it yet but why the last man it's on Hulu I think it's an FX show that's on Hulu but I'm six episodes in and it is really good i really like it um basically one day like all of the men in the world just die like every species all of the males in the whole world what a
0: wonderful day no, just kidding.
1: <laughs> which sounds like There's a great such idea a really
3: amazing theory about if all the men just died
1: yeah it seemed like it wouldn't be that bad but then like um they start running into problems real fast because of all the places that like women just aren't you know, like the people can't run nuclear power plants because, like, no women work there. Like, um, so it's um really interesting. Like, you know, pretty much everyone at the Pentagon just like died. Wait, you know, what's that called? so why the last man? Except for this one guy, this one guy is still alive. Um, and so that's the whole like mystery, um, that we're going through. It feels and...
3: like patriarchy propaganda to me. Because <laughs> I was gonna say like. <laughs>
2: sounds like like a self-made problem that can we could solved. learn
3: we could learn there's a whole theory about if all the men in the world died society mm-hmm. would be fine because there are enough pregnant it, women it, in the world that would birth males
1: i think that's not yeah uh, there's a whole <laughs> thing about how they need to get power to the sperm banks um to so that all of and the then also
3: that. material
1: doesn't go bad but yeah it's it's really interesting but the reverse and then couldn't
3: happen if all the women died <laughs> right.
1: well i don't know that's what they just got into in this episode the latest episode that i watched is there's a scientist who's talking about all the spectrum of genders and it gets it's very very interesting yeah um, i was just gonna
2: say like I'm super are excited you talking... to watch this.
1: yeah it's really good
2: like yeah yeah it sounds good i think
1: it's gonna get more sciencey now that they have um like found the scientist because they're supposed to be taking there's this one badass girl um that's supposed to be taking this guy to the scientist and um so they found the scientist and i think it's going to get sciency i don't know yeah. but it's
0: really 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 good well i guess it's already been canceled oh what oh
1: i heard that but they're trying to get it picked up somewhere else okay i think i know it's like based on a series of graphic novels oh. um, so i'll probably start reading those very good and i hope it gets picked up somewhere else you never know stranger things happened i guess Mm -hmm. um and then i'll go with okay we're on number four one more thing that i did watch this year but i think it actually started last year but there's a show on nbc nbc called transplant and it's really good because i have this weakness for medical dramas i can't (laughs) i can't help myself i know i shouldn't (laughs) watch them because you're not that great but I can't like Grey's Anatomy and whatever that kind of stuff but so this is set in a hospital in Toronto and there's this guy doctor that shows up who's a Syrian refugee so it kind of is that story and also the hospital drama part of it but it's really really good and it hasn't it was one of those things that got put on hold for COVID so I really hope it's coming back but it's a really good show and I, I like it there's kind of more to the story than just like all of the doctors are sleeping together like on most of the <laughs> shows that I watch. I'll leave it with those two.
0: Okay, awesome. Meg, your number four.
3: My number four is, okay. So, it's funny because I've been saving some because I feel like Aaron A, especially, would want to talk about them. So, I'm going <laughs> to Go Tell the Bees That I'm Gone is a book. It's the most recent Outlander book by Diana Gabaldon. I... Full disclaimer, I have not finished reading it because it's a thousand pages and I have children. I'm halfway through, which I feel like is really something to cheer for for me at this point in my life. But it's really good if you've read the Outlander book series or if you have watched the show and want to read the book series. It's absolutely worth it and I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm feeling a little like... There are parts where I'm like, okay, this is a little boring. Can we please have so-and-so come to such a place, try not to spoil it, and like bring me some drama because I want some, and like dying for some more drama and some more family issues going on with the Fraser family. And that's all I want from that. But it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. It's been six years in the waiting, so I feel like if I didn't like it, I would be really sad. Another one that I have not finished yet but i started before 2021 and have continued is what we do in the shadows and this is the one that i've been waiting for aaron to talk about because (laughs) i feel like well i mean technically it's not it didn't
1: start in 2021 so that's why i didn't put it on.
3: well the third season came out
1: that's true it is one of the greatest shows on tv
3: it's so funny and i have not finished season three but i have found it very enjoyable and endearing uh, and if you have not watched what we do in the shadows it's Tycho Matini doing a vampire show and it's just it's hilarious and sometimes heartbreaking and just beautiful and it's just it's so funny like I love it yeah. the third season it's came out so good and it's
1: the so- third season's very good too it's it's just gets better yeah and fun fact my husband wants to rename the foster dog Guillermo <laughs> oh my god, it's
3: amazing! Oh, camera,
1: right? It's a weird name for a dog, yeah. I don't think it's, it's a weird name for a person. He's trying.
3: you're like, it's a weird name. But if you haven't seen it, you can watch it on Hulu, especially if you have like or FF, or FX, it's an yeah, FX yeah, show on FX. that's on Hulu. It's just, it's a really, it's a very funny, kind of lighthearted vampire show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: which i love so much i'm just mentioning one thing for my number four and it's a movie that i just watched that i will never watch again but i am mentioning it anyway and it's the movie the new adam mckay movie don't look up on netflix it's very depressing i laughed maybe two or three times um it's depressing because yes it's about a comet coming to hit the earth and basically it's a um, world ending event so i it's you know it's about that so that may seem like it might be some kind of spoof on disaster movies but just place the pandemic climate change anything you possibly can in here and this is exactly the way the government and everybody reacts to things so that's why it's super depressing. It's also super depressing because you also see how women scientists are treated as opposed to male scientists. Very accurate in that thing as well. I do think the cast is amazing. I think everybody does a great job. Leonardo DiCaprio is problematic as he is in some of his personal life choices. I know also climate change is his big, big, big thing. So I'm sure that's a big reason he did this movie. They don't outright talk about climate change, but it's pretty much about that and the pandemic. So I do recommend it. I think it's a very important movie. Uh, I will say though, I understand why people say, uh, it's so heavy handed. Uh, we get it. Uh, you're preaching to the choir because the only people that are going to see this movie are people that already agree with this message. I get that. I understand that completely. But I still think it's an important movie. I do want to say, if you have anxiety, depression, this is gonna trigger all of that crap. Dude, I watched it right before Christmas. Stupidest decision. And I watched it by myself. So it's it's not it's not a movie for that. So I that's all I'll say. I think it's really good. But yeah. And and I know Adam McKay with his stuff with I still think the big short is brilliant. And that's a brilliant movie. Vice, I'm very mixed on, with the exception of Christian Bale's performance. So I, you know, but anyway, the big short also has Christian Bale and an amazing performance in that. And it also features someone I haven't mentioned in a while, Finn Whitrock. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
3: I'm I sorry had to do I'm that. Sorry. I've, never, <laughs> I've never, I've never, heard of this man. Who? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but The Big Short is such a good movie. If you haven't seen The Big Short, go see The Big Short. I think it's a great movie about the housing crisis. So, so Carla, since we are at our number three, but I know Carla has to go, which I'm very sad about, oh. but I understand. So, Carla, if you want to just give us the rest of your list then just so that you can at least get your numbers in there and if you have anything to say about josh rubin too you can end and say that.
2: okay well i'm gonna say something about josh rubin then <laughs> let me tell you like my feelings on this man okay <laughs> he's a brilliant filmmaker and i'm offended i am offended sir at your quality filmmakerness. ness it is disgusting, and I am not here for it, except that I am with my wallet out, ready to watch everything you put out.
0: Plus, so, he's a good
2: man. and Yes, which is the worst. Like, he's a, a good person. Like, Scare Me was all about white male fragility and, you know, like, self-aware and stuff. Disgusting. Disgusting, sir. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so now for my top threes. Okay, amazing. so <laughs> my, my threes are, I'm going to mention The Immortalists, which is a book that I read, I think like the beginning of the year. Such a good book. Such a good book. It, it didn't come out this year. I don't remember when it came out, but I read it this year. So whatever. It's about four siblings who meet up with somebody who tells them how they're going to die and when they're going to die. Uh, no, not how they're going to die, but just when. Like, it gives them some of them a rough estimate, some of them like the actual date, and um, and then what happens? And their their kids, like the youngest one, is seven. So what happens throughout the rest of their lives is fascinating. And um, y- you you kind of start to wonder whether it, it's a matter of them just absorbing that information and living their lives according to that expectation, or if there's something to this person. Fantastic book. I'm going to talk about Kevin Can F Himself, which was an absolutely great, funny, just uh, show. Because So it's Annie Murphy who played Alexis Rose. And this is such a different character for her. She's so great at it. She she even learned like the Boston accent for this role. It's just it's great, but um, so yeah. So she's a a, um, a woman who is done with her husband and wants to kill him, and also get away with it. Which you know, I think that's a reasonable ask. Um,
3: <laughs> if you're gonna kill him, try and get away from him. Yeah, also, I mean honestly. I see her in vagina commercials all over my home now.
2: <laughs> She's great.
3: <Her> um,
2: <laughs> my number two is going to be Psych 3. This is Gus. Every single time that there's a psych movie, like I always worry that, oh, like this is where it's going to finally jump the shark, but they're all, they just feel like a family reunion. They're, they're warm and loving. And you can tell that there's a real camaraderie among the cast. And this one, it was just so funny. It was like laughing nonstop. I mean, they're all that funny, but you know what I mean? Maybe you don't watch it anyway. And then number one is The Big Leap, which I know has already been mentioned. But here's why it bears mentioning again. Because it is such a good show. It has so much heart in it. It's so good. It is so good. It has feel-good moments. It has feel-bad moments that end up being feel-good moments. Intersecting storylines that, uh, for a cast this big, you would feel overwhelmed. You would think, but then it's just everything ties so well together. That the characters are so distinct, and either incredibly outlandish or incredibly down to earth, but all of them relatable in some way. Except for Brittany, she can she can she can can, take a long walk to her
3: a little bit.
2: I cannot because you meet, I can't stand you her. You meet
3: oh. you meet her mom, and then they're like, "Okay, couldn't
2: yeah, care I'm less." Her mom,
3: you you gotta
2: feel bad for her. Her mom, mom is awful. Monster. They're both monsters. Yeah. She but, didn't like, have to grow up to be a monster. Like, anyway, this is my show, Meg. <laughs> this is my my spotlight <laughs> moment. Okay. I just want to say thank you for another awesome twenty twenty awesome end of year breakdown. I love these. I love talking about all of the crap that I've consumed. It makes me feel like it was worth all of the time spent in front of the television. You makes really me feel good about my, my choices.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, do you want to tell people where they can find you too? So.
2: Of course. Meg and I have a podcast, which I will let her tell you about. It's called Bevorah Head Pod, and she She's can, like, she can no. tell you where we can be found. <laughs> <laughs> you get to do it anyway. And me, personally, I, Carla Temis, can be found on Twitter, at Carla Um, also on Instagram at carlatemis and on my website carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S. I'm a a podcast co-host and also I do some photography for funsies. Okay, good night.
0: Good night. Thank you so much, Carla. Love you. Love you. you Love you.
3: you. And I, I
0: can't wait me. to see you on all the Christian Effing Bale things. You're going to be <laughs> yes! in a video saying that you're going to miss, but you'll be tagged in it in Twitter after I do this. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. No, I love, love y'all. You. Good night. And then there were three. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on number three. So, Aaron A., what is your number three? Okay. Number three, I'm
1: going to go with something that season two came out this year of the L Word Gen- Generation Q, which I resisted watching because the first one was just so great and i can't imagine how they would have done this with like the new generation um but it is actually really 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 good and speaking of music it's got a fantastic soundtrack and there's a spotify spotify playlist for it that's also excellent um so i really enjoyed that um i know season two came out it was another one that started and then the pandemic happened and they had to put it off so finally we got a season two for that and it was really great and then also um just throw in there the harder they fall movie on netflix no
3: which is so good <laughs> you, you can, can talk about it, it
1: too, but me. i just
3: god damn it cowboy and selva
1: done i won't say anything else like
3: i was, it was so hot like, um, that was yeah that was hot
1: right like yeah yeah it is it was a very good movie and it was also a lot of really good eye candy so it, it was excellent i liked it uh-huh. all right meg's turn
0: <laughs> talk about it was <laughs> is that your is that what you're going to mention for your number three meg yeah i mean i was oh, going to yeah.
3: mention i was going to mention a little higher. Uh, no, mention fall, higher no the heart of the fall higher no the heart of they fall was just like I, I joked on Twitter, I'm like, why won't they just become besties? I don't understand why there's so much gunfire in a western, as like a joke, but <laughs> the western. It was so good, and I loved, like, Iris Elba, one hundred percent, eye candy. But the story and the characters and the the tone of the movie, which I'm, as I've become older, I become less of a fan of the Tarantino kind of feel of direction in movies but I really liked how they had the music and the shots and and all of it for this movie because it was just it was so good. It was such a classic western movie and what I loved most about it honestly was that it was about people of color and they, so many of them were based on people of color who were actual people who existed. It wasn't like this whole... And I don't agree with this, and I think it's stupid, when people get really upset about it, with the idea of quote-unquote white characters being played by by people of color and calling it historically inaccurate. Like with Hamilton, when people get really mad about the idea of people of color playing white people as if that's going to make them less important. I'm like, that says more about you than about the people... These guys mm-hmm. are portraying, um, but I loved that this was a story written by a person of color, directed by people of color, acted by people of color about people of color during a time where we really don't think of people of color existing. Like not in this way. If you think about people of color in this time frame, it's generally it's generally in a much different context. And I just thought it was so good and I had to turn away because ever since I had kids, I get really weird about violence. I can't watch it, but it was so good. And it's one of the few movies that when we were talking about what we're excited about in November that I actually saw (laughs) because I didn't have to go to the theater. But no, I just I loved it. I thought it was it was so good. And yeah, I just Elba. As a cowboy, it was really hot <laughs> super hot. and I'm also gonna mention Love Life, which is a series and it's about a woman who's trying to date and figure out her love life. and that was fun. But love life is basically just a woman who's trying to it's it's kind of a limited series, and she's kind of going through dating men and figuring out her romantic relationships and it's i don't know it's fun it's on hbo max you should watch it it's good and kind of depressing
0: yeah no it's on my list of ones to watch especially sure. if you're dating so for my number three i'm gonna do music tv and movies so i'll start with the music um, the soundtrack for the suicide squad is incredible love the music so much in that especially because i had totally forgotten about some of these songs like especially people who died by the jim carroll band which is one of the best songs ever so uh anyway so i i loved the music in that movie the movie the movie itself i didn't like as much as other people liked i think i i love harley quinn i liked idris elba in it. speaking of idris elba i liked him in it a lot but i was just kind of ho-hum on it but i love the music so much and then number three for shows, I know it was already mentioned by Carla, but I'm going to mention it again, is Dexter New Blood? I was super hyped for this, a little bit too hyped probably, as my podcast Brain Twin Jen will say, but it's lived up to that and more with the exception of episode four. I have loved every episode so far, and so far it just keeps getting better and better. I know most people that are watching it are clamoring for a second ep- season, and I think there will be a second season because... More people subscribe to Showtime for this than ever before. Showtime has increased their subscribers because of this. So, of course, they're going to see money. The ratings for this are higher than they were for for any of the first eight seasons of Dexter. So I don't want a second season, but it's going to (laughs) happen. I will be shocked if it doesn't happen. Even if it doesn't involve Dexter, it's going to happen. It might just be with Harrison, his son. So I just, I don't, I don't see how it's not going to happen. But putting that aside, I think this it's so well done. And Michael C. Hall, that man is so incredibly brilliant and so amazing and wonderful. And I can't wait to also talk about him when we talk about six feet under in September, because he's incredible as David in six feet under as well. So I I'm excited to be able to gush about a different performance of his. Cause I think he's an amazing, amazing actor and I love watching him in this and I love doing the live streams and the live tweets. So remember those are Thursday nights at 7 PM mountain standard time is when that starts. And then our live streams are at eight 15 mountain standard time. And then the movie I'm going to recommend is a horror movie called the night house, which I think is really, really well done and deals a lot with grief. Um, it's all about a woman dealing with the death of her husband. And that's all I'm going to say about it uh, because I think you should just watch it so it's really 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 well done and it has some pretty good scares in it um, it was fun to see in the theater it was one of the ones that I got to see in the theater so that was a really really good one okay so now we're on number two we're almost there everybody it's amazing so <laughs> so Aaron, what are your number twos
1: I'm super excited I timed this out perfectly I have two number twos and two number ones. This is fantastic.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm same um, way. I'm... I have two number twos and two number ones. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. It's um, I'm going to
1: really go with. <laughs> no pressure, Meg. <laughs> I'm going to go with my first one is Wheel of Time. God it's damn it, Oh on... <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
1: Yes, this is great. Can I get all four the same as Meg's? No, I know. I know. I'll try. I mean, we'll see probably. how it goes. Well, you and I seem um, to have the same
3: taste.
1: Right? <laughs> is its is it sci-fi fantasy? Then yes, it's probably what we're watching. <laughs> I It's on Amazon Prime. Um, they're currently releasing new episodes weekly. Apparently it's based on a series of books that I have not read, but it's very good. Rosamund Pike is actually not one of my favorite actors, but she's excellent in this. and It's just... One of those sci-fi fantasy set in what appears to be medieval times but with like magic and stuff so it's really good and it's it's really it's serious but it's i don't know fun and adventurous i guess is the word um and then my other one is <laughs> meg's gonna yell i bet this is on your list i know it is um is reservation dogs um, that's
3: not nice. yay yes
1: it is also um an fx on hulu show and um taika watiti is a producer on it um so obviously it's hilarious and it's set on a reservation in oklahoma and what's really special about the production is it's almost all indigenous people that are working on it that are actors on it it's a really good show. I don't know why, because I did not grow up in Oklahoma. I grew up in Kansas, but it kind I of mean, just reminds me of... Yeah, right. It's kind of all the same. It reminds me of where I grew up and the neighborhood that I grew up in. It's very like reminiscent of my childhood, I feel like, even though I did not grow up in Oklahoma. But we did <laughs> <laughs> have a, a similar look to my neighborhood as this town, I guess. We'll just leave it at that so it's a very it's a very good show and i don't know it's interesting i think everybody should watch it at least if, if nothing else because it is pretty funny and it gives you insight into um, a part of the world that probably a lot of people aren't familiar with
0: yeah i haven't watched that one yet but that has been recommended a couple times on the show so yeah and meg um, any- i'm
3: Yes, I, I do have a number two Because everyone has been sucking up All of my stuff <laughs> um, The Great On Hulu If you like Completely historically inaccurate Historical dramas <laughs> That are a shit ton of fun Then you should watch The Great Season 2 started this year It's about Catherine the Great And her fairly incompetent husband Uh, Catherine the Great, obviously of Russia. It's just, it's funny and dark and witty and just. You should watch it. It's it's just, it's good. I had not finished season two because it came out fairly recently and I have children, which means I don't get to just watch what I want (laughs) when I want to watch it. Because I'd be like, oh no, inappropriateness. <laughs> but the great is really good if you like kind of comedic and dramedy views on historical events I feel like it would be fun and my other number two I'm gonna throw out there because I'm sure it's amazing even though I have not had a chance to start watching it yet is the new season of the witcher because how could the witcher not be amazing Like it's so good so I'm just going to throw that up. I haven't watched it, but it's in my best of 2021. Because honestly, not a lot was great in 2021. So I feel like we should cling to what we can.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Season two has to have more bath scenes, right? Yeah, like right. More bath he should be
3: naked a lot more. <laughs> this is kind of my general idea.
0: And we did an episode on The Witcher. So my number two is I'm going to go with a TV show and then a movie. So for the TV show, I'm going to mention Midnight Mass again. I know it was already mentioned, but I, I have to mention it again because I love this show so much. Mike Flanagan is a gift to horror. And also all his shows have uh, deal so much with humanity and how we deal with faith and loss and love and everything like that. And that's what this show deals with. Uh, the cast is superb. Absolutely superb! Not a single performance in this is bad, wrong, nothing. Uh, it's such an interesting take on religion and vampires, and it's such it's such a good show. It's so amazing and beautiful, and heartbreaking scary? and sad. Yes, it's terrifying.
2: <laughs> so, I, <laughs> it so, so I should scary. not. It's watch so it.
0: scary. I know because because of the vampire thing, but you but you probably couldn't. It's such a beautiful show. I really want to watch it so, so scary. bad, but uh, it's, scary. it's
3: really, really scary. It's and terrifying. I'm so, and I feel like if you say it's really scary, then I should not watch it. Then I should not watch it.
0: Yes, we and we, um, Frederick from the Good Night Podcast, who is also on here for our Paranormal Horror Trivia Night, he was going to start a support group for people who've watched. <laughs> and and because it is so emotional and it's so much about love and grief mm. and dealing with aging and dealing with it's it's such a beautiful show and i wish it wasn't so terrifying for you Meg just because I think you would appreciate everything heard else amazing things about it's it so and i familiar. wanted to watch it
3: but i heard it was really scary it's
0: but it I- is it's yeah there's there's a couple of episodes that are kind of like holy crap. <laughs> And you kind of need a moment to process. It's one of those that you hate that Netflix all of a sudden plays the next one because you have you have to take a moment to kind of process it. So, yeah, and I, I will second what Aaron said with the, with the dog dying. I was kind of prepared for it. My sister watched it before me and she said something happens to the dog. And so I was prepared for that to happen. And that is very heartbreaking. I do agree. That was so hard to watch because I'd rather see people hurt the animals any day of the week so that that was hard but but it's still an amazing an amazing show and go watch anything that he that man does he's he's incredible and then uh for movies it's the documentary val about val kilmer that's on amazon prime so flipping good and i am so bummed that this did not make the shortlist for the academy award nominations for best documentary i granted i haven't seen a lot of the other documentaries i just haven't had the time so it could be that they're all so much better than this but it was so so good and what i loved the most about this was how vulnerable and real this documentary was and val kilmer was like my favorite actor when i was young teens and stuff and i and i still think he is one of the best actors we've ever had his performance as Jim Morrison is amazing, and he should have won for that. His performance as Doc Holliday in Tombstone is legendary and amazing and incredible. And watching his relationship with his kids was probably the most touching part about this documentary. And um, the narration, because because he has throat cancer, and so he can't speak like he used to be able to. He does have like a, a thing that he uses to talk with. But so the narration is done by his son. And I just think it's such a touching and moving documentary. If you don't cry. I I mean, I just, I loved this so, so much. And especially if you ever loved Val Kilmer, you have to watch this because it's just, it's, it's incredible. His passion and his spirit and soul. And it's just, and he does, you know, talk a lot about that he had a reputation for being difficult on sets and That's mentioned a little bit in it too, but it's, it's so beautiful. So watch that on Amazon prime. I it's amazing. So that's all. I just love that documentary so much. Um, it almost made my number one. So it was, it was very hard for me to choose. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. We're at that time now. We are going to devote a little bit of time, as I said, to, to Josh Rubin, but we're at number one. So, Aaron, what is your number one?
1: okay i've got your two. Numbers number one.
0: ones yeah your numbers my numbers <laughs> your two ones uh, <laughs> you're 21s no you're two.
1: <laughs> like we're in mobsies. my numbers ones um, my my first number one i'm gonna go with the limited series on hbo it's a sin god, which to oh god it's so good i need to watch it again because it's just so great it's set in the 80s kind of amid the AIDS crisis but it's not it's sad but it's not always sad Um, there's a lot of times where you just like you just smile It, it makes you happy watching these young people live their lives and be happy and then it gets really serious and gets really sad but then it makes you smile again so I think it was really great it's Created by Russell T. Davies, who is um, coming back to be showrunner for Doctor Who again, um, which is quite exciting. And uh, knowing him, he's probably going to use some of these actors um, in the series. That's kind of their thing. There's like an online petition for Lydia West to be the new, new doctor, which is upsetting because that's going to totally jinx it. Because once there's an online pet- petition, BBC yeah. is definitely not going to let it happen. Because that would have been amazing, but it's a really, it's a really, really good show, and I really, it's on my list to watch again because um, it was really great. And then, if you guys know me at all, there's one thing that has not been mentioned yet, and that is uh, Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix.
0: Yeah, that was on my is, alternate things. So.
1: Oh god, it it was so sweet. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Um, yeah. The there's the just the intro made me start crying like it's semi-autobiographical about jonathan larson the writer of rent and if you know his story it's just really tragic um but rent has been kind of my favorite show um and movie for a very very long time since high school i've been obsessed with rent that was like um somebody at a cast party had like a vhs bootleg copy of it from broadway and we all watched it, it was just, <laughs> we were obsessed instantly so that's kind of you know when you're a teenager and you're nerdy little theater kid like that is yep. your dream yeah like oh god to be a squatter in a building in new york city <laughs>
3: <But that laughs> was really thought actually, I was really, really, a, really weird a, but, totally I really thinking out the logistics <laughs> of that situation <laughs>
1: god right my parents <laughs> thought i was so strange um but yeah so just seeing that and andrew garfield is fantastic he's so and, good oh um, my gosh
0: he's so flipping good
1: Matt. the best spider-man will just go with that <laughs> But
3: <laughs> mm, i can't agree with that but watching him and I, colbert I, together i have a new ship that i never thought would exist my god. in my life
1: <laughs> fantastic but yeah so that was my favorite um favorite thing for sure of 2021 it it is it was just so so sweet i'm gonna watch it 500 more times now um there's also i'll just throw this out there too if if you are interested at all in the life of jonathan larson there's you can watch it on netflix um it came out in conjunction whenever the movie came out i think it came out a year after the movie it's called no no day but today the true story of rent and it's a documentary about his life and it's very, very good. Um, It's it's on YouTube. It's like the only place you can watch it, but it's very good. I would recommend that as well.
0: Yeah, I remember when on uh, the episode when I recommended Tick Tick Boom and I said, if you were ever a theater kid, you have to watch this movie because it right? like, also make you really it will make you miss being in that world and it yeah. will make mm-hmm. you very nostalgic for that and andrew garfield yeah i i just suck. he was so flipping amazing i mean yeah. he was so so good and you must i think you were probably out when i had tick tick boom in my music thing but yeah because it was my (laughs) alternate because I was like I know this is going to be taken so I'm just gonna put it on alternate just (laughs) in case but yeah it's 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 incredible I I agree it's it's really really good and once again I just even though I've said it a hundred times if you were a theater person and you haven't watched this how have you not watched this so go watch it and of course, get my Patreon supporter because we are going to have a special episode talking about rent, so I'm sure this will come up again. It'll be 16
1: hours long. Is
3: that how long the episode? That's there how I long go. the episodes will be. Long oh, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, rent episode will be.
0: I'm going to be like I'm
3: kicking everybody out. I'm just kidding. Patreon supporters are going to get their
1: money's worth yeah. on this episode.
0: <laughs> okay, so Meg. So my
3: my, apparently my number one <laughs> like, cause I'm I'm surprised it was not brought up yet. It is a show called With Love on Amazon Prime, and it's a just it's a very cute season one premiere this year. It's about the Diaz siblings, and it's a really beautiful kind of romantic comedy but family drama represent it's story of two siblings who are kind of just trying to figure out their relationships um, living in Portland. And it's a multi-generational thing. And it's super... It's just... It's really cute. And it's really sweet. And if you like fanfic of any kind, all of the tropes are there for all of the things. And like I said, it's it's about... It's about a... It's about a Hispanic family and all of their amazing traditions that are culturally relevant and American central relevancies. And it's just it's it's a lovely story and a lovely show about all of that. And it's just really, really, really cute. If you like my crazy ex-girlfriend and I can't remember the actress name because I suck. But the the boy that she chases across the country, he's in the show, and I love him so much. It just it's it's so cute. It's just a really cute, sweet, heartwarming. So it's 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 basically about these two siblings who are trying to find love over a year's time, and it's just it's really sweet, and I love it so much. And, and then I made Carla watch it. <laughs> I haven't even heard of this. It's it's so cute. Like, honestly, if you think mm, of a fanfic yeah. trope, it yeah. is in there. But not in, like, a like weird, like, we're trying to be a fanfic kind of way. It's just like, oh, enemies to lovers. Oh, no, there's only one bed. Friends to lovers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, it's just, it's really cute. And it deals with multiple generations. And I just... I just started, I just watched it recently, which is not why it's my number one, you guys. Like I said, I wrote a lot of shit down. This is what had not been talked about yet. And I think it's so good and it deserves to be talked about. But yeah, I just, I think it's very sweet. And awesome. that's it. That's awesome. all I have. I have one number one, you guys. So apparently that's my. <laughs> and then also, wait, 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 wait. My other number one is the sudden but inevitable. Episode <laughs> about that's Donnie being recorded Excellent. about Donny Darko. Um, yeah, there might be a Which surprise will his
0: favorite movie. Can't wait for this. There
3: might be a surprise guest. I gotta find where to watch this movie.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I know
1: think that's... it's on Amazon Prime because I Amazon watched it Prime not Prime? too long ago. Whenever See, I think I have to it, pay for um, it, it on episode. Amazon,
3: I'll find it. Is it? I don't know. I'll
0: find. Well, it. it's worth it. I'm
3: gonna do my research. <laughs> It's, 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 you know. I've already told my husband to block off a couple hours where I can just focus. Well, you're going
1: to have to watch it, but then you're going to have to watch it again to figure out what happened because I've had to watch it like 16 times a Cool. So I should say, I've tomorrow. watched it over
0: 60 times. Right. Do you and know I what's happening everything. yet? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I pick up something new each time I watch it. That's right. why I love this movie it's so very much. So my number one for TV is the show Yellow Jackets, Yes. Which. I know it's, but Yellow Jackets is incredible. Amazing. If you want to watch a show with some well-written women who are diverse and aren't just all like the good girl, bad girl, the crap, this is what you want to watch. I know like the simplest way to put it is it's Lord of the Flies with women, but I think it's a lot deeper than that. I think there's a lot more meaning to it. It did get renewed for a second season, And every episode gets crazier and crazier, but it's so well-written, and the performances are superb and amazing by the whole cast. I think this is one of the best shows in recent (laughs) memory, honestly. This show is so good, and I just love seeing complex women on our screens. It's amazing. And it's sad at how sad to me that that's so rare that it becomes such an amazing thing to be able to see that, that you feel like you're being fed for like a year or something. Um, so I just I love this show so, so, so much. And like I said before, I think the music is amazing too. And then for number one for movie, and and you know, I really, before we did this, I really wanted to be able to see Licorice Pizza. I really wanted to see Nightmare Alley, which I was going to go see, but I was so mentally exhausted. I just couldn't think of going and driving somewhere and going, and I have a fear now of going to theaters again because of the variant. So I didn't go, and Licorice Pizza is by Paul Thomas Anderson, which as I've mentioned before, that's my favorite writer and director. We're going to be talking about Magnolia during my birthday month which is my all-time favorite movie. So I really, so I'm sure my number one would be different if I had gone to see those. I'm just saying that. And it was weird to put this as number one only because I think some of the other movies I've mentioned are maybe a little bit better done overall, but for what it meant personally to me as someone with a mental illness, I have to say a mouthful of air and I, and this movie means a lot to me personally. I, I've i never had postpartum depression, so I can't speak to that. But I know I spoke about this already on a review, so I'll try and keep this short. But the reason this movie meant so much to me is I have never seen another movie handle what it's like when you have suicidal ideation and depression. And when you've had suicidal ideation since you were a kid, like I have too. I've never seen a movie before have a character say when they're asked how long have you felt suicidal, say basically often on my whole entire life since I can remember since I was a little kid. And I'm like, I've never heard that in a movie before because that's the way I've felt. And that and having that there and feeling seen and having a character played by the amazing Amanda Seyfried, who I wish there was a world where I thought she was going to get nominated for this performance because she is this is one of the best portrayals of depression I've ever seen on screen. She's so good, so amazing. And just the way she does that is so true and real. And another thing I will really always appreciate about this movie is there's so many, is there's things that you do not have to show in movies. It is not necessary when you're talking about this subject to show certain things. And they don't show certain things. And I don't want to spoil what that is. They don't show, but it's very appreciated because there is no reason you need to show that stuff certain shows we talked about earlier you do not need to show certain things it's not necessary you can still get the message across without doing that without feeling like you're sensationalizing something and i don't think this one did and i think it also for me as someone who is more on the side of having the illness i don't always think of the other people when i'm in the throes of that that have to deal with that and this also talks a lot about that with her husband played by finn whitrock who is also really good in this and then also Jennifer Carpenter, who's her sister-in-law, who is kind of a bitch in this movie, but she's also really good. And the mother, who now the name is escaping me of who played her, um, is also really good. And, and I think the writing and directing is good in the animation that they do for the – because her character, Amanda Seafried's character, writes children's books and does animation. And I thought the animation was really cool in that, too. It's not an animated film, but they have little scenes of that. So this is coming out um, on demand on the 4th of January. So please, please watch this movie. I'm serious. Please watch this movie. You know, I think 99% of movies out there and television get it wrong when it comes to mental illness. And this is one of the rare occasions where they got it right. So right that it was... Very, 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 very emotional to watch this movie. So I do also want to say that. And this is the first time I have ever seen a movie in a movie theater with a content warning before it started. So pay attention to that content warning, please. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So look for that one. Okay. So now we're going to move on to talking. I just wanted to give a shout out, a special shout out to director and writer Josh Rubin who we have mentioned quite a bit on this podcast through the past year. And of course we, I was lucky enough to interview Josh uh, who is an amazingly nice and sweet and down to earth guy who it's very rare to find people like this in Hollywood. (laughs) So I just want to say that. Um, And his wife uh, is, they're not married yet. Sorry. His uh, fiance, Lauren sick is also an amazing, incredible filmmaker and an incredible human being. So I just wanted to take a moment and I know Meg hasn't seen Josh's movies. So I know you can't say much to that, but I know Aaron has, I know Aaron A has. So I just want to get your thoughts. If you want to give any kind of shout out to Josh or any special mention, because I just wanted to give him one just as a filmmaker to watch. He's been in the business forever, but I mean, just as someone that, you know, deserves everything. In this business <laughs> yeah i i agree it was a were- werewolves within
1: was on my list but i didn't mention it because i know we were going to talk about him separate but that was definitely in the top five of my list um not just because it was the first movie that i saw in a year and a half <laughs> in a movie theater which was amazing <laughs> um but it is a really good movie i've seen scare me i think four times now it yeah he's incredible and like you said he's Seems like a genuinely nice person. The interview with him was great. There's uh a podcast that follows kind of the creation of Scare Me. Mm-hmm. Um and it just in that, he seems like just like the nicest person. Like you want to be friends with him. So I hope that there is a lot more to come from him. Um, he seems like he's very uh up and coming and promising. And I hope he goes on to do really great things because. I wanna see anything that he's he's going to make is so good. And I did um I don't know, Aaron, if you've watched it yet, but uh Lauren's short film Pear is actually on streaming service now. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I wanna very make good. sure to give
0: give that that a shout out to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause she's also in mm-hmm. incredible because she was on our Donnie Darko episode with him. And yeah, she's so cool. She's really like just like Honestly, they they are like two of the coolest people in that industry. I'm serious. Power couple. They're They're awesome. They're amazing. And they're (laughs) going to be a power couple out there. Anyway, so yeah, I just I wanted to be able to give him a shout out because I really appreciated him coming on this podcast and for being so generous and so sweet and so kind and saying such kind, amazing things about the interview, too. So that was really nice. And the name of that podcast is Make Cool Shit by the way, so everybody knows. He's been on a lot of podcasts and done a lot of those as well. And he has, he directed, co-directed Death to 2021, which is the sequel to Death (laughs) to 2020. That's going to be on Netflix. It's coming out here soon. Uh, And he's just so clever, his directing and his his writing. He didn't write Werewolves Within, but his directing uh, style is really good, I think. I think when you don't necessarily see all the directing. It makes for a good movie. And scare me, I own that one on Blu-ray. And I think I've I watched it probably five times at least five or six times. And he was selling copies of his script. And I don't know if he still is, but uh but the but I have that as well. And it was really great to read the script. Uh and I for anyone who ever wants to become a screenwriter or a writer, I highly recommend doing that. So going in and reading scripts, because that's how you learn and how you learn to become a better writer and werewolves within is just so clever and very much like, I know it keeps getting compared to clue, but I, and to knives out. And as a combination of that, and I think it deserves that. And I think it also just deserves credit for um, just such a great cast of characters that all work and play off of each other really well. And, you know, I, I would be, I, I saw it twice and it was great to see it in the theater. Cause I saw it first, not in the theater. It was like one of those, it was like through the New York film festival, I believe, or Tribeca film festival. Sorry. And they were showing stuff that you could watch online as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really good there and give, let him do dark man. That's his dream is to do <laughs> dark man. So, we have to put that out there.
3: Being compared to Knives Out is a really huge compliment because that movie was like fantastic.
0: See, Mel, I'm I'm telling you, Meg, you can watch this. I'm telling you, you can watch Where Was Within and I think you can watch Scare Me too. Oh. I mean, Carla said you can. It's, I'm
1: not, it's suspenseful, I, but it's not really scary no, or slasher. No, so, I don't mind
3: suspenseful yeah. or anything like that. I don't mind yeah, I think you would like I it. I love Knives Out. I thought it was fantastic. I just have a, a an issue with traditionally horror movies, but I'm, I'm just saying like if any movie is compared to is in this genre, compared to knives out, especially in 2021, I feel like that's high praise for that movie. Yeah. It's really good. It's all and I'm saying. Cause really knives funny. out was really critically and mm-hmm. audience praised, I guess. Yeah. It's just being a really good movie. Yeah. yeah and,
0: and I, I And I think scare me is great to watch because of watching about, you know, it's so much about the fragility of the white male ego and it's so, and it's so well done and it's so great to watch something like that done that is written and directed by a white man. And I just, I, and I think it's a good examination. And so go watch that, go watch werewolves within Go listen to our interview. Go listen to our Donnie Darko episode. Go listen to our episode discussing Scare Me. We also did an episode discussing Scare Me, and we did a live stream discussing that as well. So anyway, we just I just wanted to give a shout out <laughs> to Josh Rubin. So, yes. So thank you, Josh, for providing us with such great entertainment for being on this podcast as well. I do appreciate that. Always will. So thank you so much. Um, okay, so we are done. But before we wrap up, um, if you in case you haven't heard, we are kicking off Christian fucking Bale Month next Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Come recover from your hangover Yay! and watch me, Carla, and Susie talk about Dark Knight Trilogy. And that's how we're kicking off Christian effing Bail Month. Um, and also go to our Redbubble store, go to the link in the show notes, go to any one of our social medias, click on Linktree and go and buy some It's a Christian Effing Bale stuff mer- thing, merchandise. Um, there will be other merchandise in there. Shortly, we do have It's a Dusty L thing and it's a fanfic thing. There will be other merch coming soon, but go pick that up before January. Go Well, I mean, it won't ship to you by that time, but go buy it and have it during some point in the Christian fucking veil month. And then next Sunday, we're doing a live stream only that's just going to be just talking about the best of the podcast and our favorite things from the podcast. I'm putting together a bunch of clip things, so it'll be a bunch of like bloopers and best of certain live streams and stuff. So it won't be all the live streams because I haven't downloaded all of the live streams and I just don't think I'll have the time to go through all of them. So it'll be just the ones that I have downloaded and gotten clips from recently. So it'll be a lot of um, the Dexter and American Horror Story ones as well. So look, so that will be at six o'clock on January 2nd, 6 PM Mountain Standard time. So lots of live streams coming your way and then um yeah so we'll go ahead and close out so aaron if you want to tell everybody where they can find you
1: i am on instagram and twitter at geek and so that's what i do I geek and i sew things and also um world premiere i've become one of those crazed dog moms who made instagram for the little little dog um yeah i think zeus the dog is here to stay so look forward to many more snoring um episodes coming your way um but his instagram if you want just all zeus all the time he is um zeusel underscore streusel we call him zeusel streusel streusel?
0: that's amazing
1: (laughs) so (laughs) if you just want tons and tons of pictures and videos of the
0: crazy dog then that's where you can find him awesome Yay. Yay. So well, cute. congratulations. So
3: that's so cute. It reminds me of the thing where like, what's your dog's name? And then what are all of the names that are nor <laughs> right. near related to your dog's right. name he's, that you call yeah. your dog?
1: Yeah, he's only been here three months and he's got like 25 yeah. names. And um my husband's still on the campaign of calling him Guillermo, but I don't think it's sticking. I don't think he understands <laughs> that that's supposed to be his name now. So, <laughs> his name is and then my mom started calling him Gary. Yeah, so our
3: dog, our dog, we we got her. She was named D, and we changed it to Smokey. Like, That's fine. That's easy to. <laughs> Did change. she figure it
1: out? Did she know that that was her? new that name? That was her new
3: name, and then we said Smokey Bear, and then Bear Bear, Aww. and oh, the Bear 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 Bear, and then Smokey James Elizabeth Burr, and like this whole <laughs> like thing that. Now we oh, just my
1: dog when I was a kid was named Bear Bear because he was a chow yeah, chow.
3: We just yell cookies at them now and they just come because <laughs> <laughs> they want treats. <laughs> Effective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But for the non-dog lovers, you can find me and Carla on our podcast uh, uh, on Twitter at bedwedbehead pod. If you want to find us on Instagram, it's bed.wed.behead.pod. If you want to find us on Facebook, it's Bedwed Urbehead Pod or Gmail. You can find us at bedwedbeheadpod at gmail.com. And if you really want to find us on Redbubble, you can at BedwedBehead Pod. We have awesome merch. Um, me personally, if you want to find me, you can find me on the Twitter, and that's really the only place I want you to find me. And you can find me at WisconsinAC, which is W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Um, and this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E-April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Um, on TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, Christian effing Bale, this is your time to shine. Reach out to us. us.
3: (laughs) I like that Erin has never once asked me to be an interview guest on her.
0: That's because you're a panelist.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen other panelists. I know. But anyway, Meg. (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking with you. I have nothing
0: to add. Artistically to anything <laughs> so anyway if you would like to be a potential interview guest on this show in january christian F and bale month come on christian bale come on come on you can email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com and like i've already mentioned next week we're all about Christian Effing Bale. We get that kick that off with the Dark Knight trilogy. So that will be a two-parter. It will be a one-parter for the live stream, but it'll be a two-parter episode-wise. So make sure to keep an eye out for that and keep an eye out for all of the other Christian Effing Bale episodes coming up. We also have some interviews with some writers coming up in January as well. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.